0: Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, with insightful reviews on the latest equipment. Tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game, from tee green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts, Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them, as they interview some of the best players, from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy.
1: All right, good morning everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted O'Drico and we're alongside of course uh, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf show. Good morning, Cindy.
2: Good morning, Ted. How are thee? We are very well. Today is 117 hole day at Crickburn for Children's Hospital. Early, oh, very and good. I have to go out and watch Jamie um, walking his 117 holes, and then I'm going to do a clinic for some of the sponsors this afternoon.
1: Oh, so just a light day today then. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not one or, yeah, not one you. <laughs> – all right, we've got,
2: right,
1: we got a great show. for yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, All right, we've got a great show for you this morning. We're going to be joined by two special guests, uh, and I'll introduce the first one here in just a moment. But let me remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday morning uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network. So if you want to tune in live, uh, you can do so between the hours of 9 and 10 a.m. Eastern every Tuesday morning and you just go to blogtalkradio.com uh, slash women of golf, and you can listen live uh, to the broadcast, or you can always uh, wait uh, when it's more convenient for you, and you can just go to that link and scroll down to the on-demand section and listen to the recorded version when it's convenient for you. But we are live every Tuesday morning, or you can go to wherever any great podcasts are heard. So, uh, Cindy, let me introduce uh, the first guest joining us this morning. Of course, uh, she's actually been on the show before, Back in 2019, uh, talking about Jenny Coleman. Uh, She's with the LPGA Epson Tour, uh, and originally from uh, uh, Rolling Hills uh, State in California. And uh, she has uh, been with uh, was with the University of Colorado uh, at one point, and holds or shares their 28 program records, including most events, which was 47, and rounds played 139. Uh, numerous top ten finishes on the Epson Tour as well as the LPGA. And currently, uh, as I mentioned, she's, uh, on the Epson Tour, uh, and won her first event on there, the Iowa Golf Classic in Longwood, Florida, which just happened a couple of weeks ago. So Cindy, let's, uh, welcome our first guest, uh, Jenny Coleman.
2: Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for
3: having me on. Thanks for being here.
1: Welcome I'm back to we... with
3: you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a few years and we're glad that you were able to join us this morning. Uh, I know that uh, you guys are always uh, busy each and every week. Um so first off, congratulations on your first win on the Epson Tour, the Iowa Golf Classic. Um I know you've been working really really hard on that, so congratulations uh on your win. Thank you.
3: Thank you so much. It's uh been such a grind but I'm glad to have finally done it and just appreciate it
1: <laughs> well and I I don't think I uh, just uh, on a note I just want to point out um you're actually the sixth player of this season to get their first Epson tour win so a lot of new winners on the tour of season and you actually won it in a playoff um and uh so tell us a little bit about that if you don't mind
3: yeah um we were playing in uh, Longwood, Florida area, uh, just outside of Orlando, and it was just a couple of uh, rain and lightning delays, so we uh, had a little bit shortened of a tournament and had to have a three-way playoff for the win. Um, just waited all day, practiced up, and peed off at like 7 o'clock, and took one hole and it was done. I made the 30, and... 187 yards, hit it to uh, five feet with my nine wood and tapped her in.
1: <laughs> wow. That's that's a nice way to do it, to get it quick and, and over with. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, I, I, yeah it, it's always nice to get that person. I want to ask you uh, a question, then, then I'm going to bounce it over to Cindy because I know she'll have some questions for you as well. I want you to just go through, as I mentioned, you were um, with the University of, of Colorado for uh, your four years there, you played on the women's golf team and won numerous uh, uh, program or held uh, numerous program records and, and so forth, as I mentioned, and, and there's so many other things as well. Um, but walk us through a little bit of what it really takes to get to where you are. And I don't mean just the win, but just on tour. I mean, you obviously went to college, you played collegiate golf, but even back up further than that, because there's a lot of young girls that may be listening to the program that would like a, some insight as to what really goes on behind the scenes and how you got to where you are today.
3: Yeah, I think um, junior golf, amateur golf, college golf, I think it's really good to use all the stepping stones to get into a professional career. I mean, college is a great way to travel the country and um, still get an education and work as a team. You get coaching. You get to play all these different courses, um, workout programs. You just learn so much that I don't think you necessarily get if you just turn pro um, at 17, 18 years old. You get to just mature as a person and have a degree to go back on if you need it.
1: And and let me just ask a real quick follow-up, and then, Cindy, I'll let you have it. Um, You know, we always sort of ask from the player's perspective, you know, what they could learn from from you uh, listening to to the program here today um, as they develop their own journey. But we, we often forget to ask what the parents can do. So if you wanted to give just a little bit of advice for any parents that are listening out there that maybe has a young girl coming up through junior ranks or interested in even just taking up the game and developing it, what advice would you give the parents um, to get their young, youngster started?
3: Yeah, um definitely do some junior tournaments. Um I think a lot of local uh and state tournaments so you can at least just drive to those and if you're more ambitious, you can do um out of state ones like AJGAs and stuff, but there's plenty of, there should be plenty local and in your own state. They also have the uh PGA Junior League, so you kind of get that team format too. So you Learn to have a play with a partner; it's more fun. Um, yeah, just, just explore what you have in your area. There's there's more and more um, tournaments growing um, for golf and junior golf.
1: Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's definitely expanding as as more and more interest in that. And I think also too, you would probably recommend that parents don't push too hard. Let the child sort of lead or dictate what they want to do, because that's, that's been a problem, unfortunately, in a lot of sports, not just golf, where the parents get a little bit uh, too ambitious, and sometimes it actually becomes a turnoff, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's great to have some structure from the parent, but it can only go so far. The kid has to want it and love it for it to have Mm -hmm. longevity, and yeah, I mean, golf is a great sport, but. You've got to make it as fun and enjoyable for the kids as possible to make sure they will keep enjoying and keep playing and wanting wanting to come back themselves.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
2: What do you love most about playing professional golf?
3: Um, I think it's just great seeing all these different courses all these different towns. Um, it is a lot of travel, but when you're there for a week at a time, it's, it's just the perfect amount of time that you get a feel for the town, enjoy the, the course, and see what else there is to do off the course. And just traveling what? to places that you may not necessarily have, have would have been on your radar, and then you actually really enjoy it and want to come back. What's the most difficult part of playing professional golf
2: that wears on you
3: the most? Probably the, tr- the travel. you have to you're traveling every week, you've got to plan all your um, rental car flights, accommodations, and it's just a lot of preparing and planning and traveling. <laughs> and what's the best part of your game? Uh, I'd say the best part of my game is my approach shot. Uh, that usually stands out where I'm hitting a lot of greens, hitting it pretty close and giving myself some birdie chances or just more easy pars.
2: Well, that's good.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> How many practice rounds do you play?
3: Um, I'd say in a typical tournament week, I'd play maybe nine holes for three days straight or maybe like a 9-18-9, depending on what kind of format the, the pro-am that is that week. Okay. Awesome.
2: And how often do you see your coach? Um,
3: I'll usually, yeah, I, when I'm on the road, I'll usually, um, ask my sister, who is a, my twin sister, who's a professional golfer as well, and she plays on the Epson. So we can kind of bounce ideas and our normal tendencies off each other. Um, but I have, usually in the off season is when I go to coaching, but I can, in season I can text or give, give them a call you send videos yeah yeah videos are great i mean it's the best way to visually see your swing on any aspects of your game and learn from it awesome
1: Ed? um that just gave me a thought jenny i didn't know that you had a you said a twin uh sister that also plays on the episode. we're gonna have to have the two of you come on uh, together at some point and, uh, and, and compare notes. But, um, let me ask you, I, I've, you know, been to, you know, a number of events over the years, LPJ and, and whatnot. I've been to a couple of the Epson Tour events as well. And I always noticed when warming up, you know, I see some of the young ladies have various training aids and things like that they use, particularly on the putting surface and that. But I see some too, um, you know, maybe a stretching band or something on the range. Do you have any aids that you use to help with your swing? And if so, uh, what are they?
3: Um, Usually for my swing, I'll just keep it simple with uh, an alignment stick. I think alignment and training your eyes is is really important Um, through the bag because you're standing from the ball a variety of different distances away. A wedge is closer than a driver and just, training to look at the target from 50 yards to 250 yards. Uh, Putting, I like to use uh, a putting mirror that has um, a line, a ball line, and a face line. Um, And so I can see the lines for lining up the ball and my face and then my eyes and where they intersect. And it's big enough that it can also see my shoulders and my stance just goes just on the edges of the board. So I get that same consistent setup every single time with it. And I'll just put it on a straight putt and yeah, just do that every week, every day.
1: How much time in a, in a practice session, not a warm-up, because a warm ups different, obviously, when you're getting ready to, to go out and, and tee it up, but when you work in a practice session for you, typically, how much time do you spend? And then, kind of divide it out in a percentage. So, out of one hundred percent, how much do you spend on, you know, certain parts of your short game, you know, putting, chipping, that sort of thing, and how much on your your long game, driving, and, and so forth, and and, uh, and and you know that area. So, how long, on average, yeah. do you typically spend? And how do you break up that time?
3: Um, I'd say. Probably about an hour on the range, hour putting, uh, maybe 45 minutes chipping, or if you get, if you want to have like a little chipping up and down contest with some friends, then you can easily bump that up to an hour or something. So it's about an hour apiece on each aspect.
1: So on, so on a typical day, if you're out practicing, you're spending anywhere from – say two and a half to three hours Is that did I hear you correct
3: yeah yeah i say so
1: and and I, I you, you sort of half answered this uh, mentioning both and the chipping and that but how do you keep it interesting because that's a long I mean even for most people to spend an hour um, how do you or what do you do to keep it interesting and fresh so that you're not getting into a sort of a I mean obviously you want a certain amount of routine to, to get consistency but you don't want it to sort of become boring and monotonous all the time. So what do you do to keep it interesting and fresh?
3: Yeah, I mean, you want to change up your practice. So maybe about half the session, do more structured um, that you would do every single week, and then about half to a third, you can make it more more like an on-course style where you do a putting contest with some friends or you set up some contest with yourself, chipping up and downs, range, um, hit to a variety of targets, pick a different club each time, and just try and mimic the on-course as much as you can off the course.
1: So you change it up, obviously, from week to week um, just to make it, you know, interesting and and fresh, right?
3: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, because it... It would definitely it would definitely get to a point where and again you know you're spending a lot more time than the average golfer would spend um, that's hence the reason why you're out on tour and they're not um, but if you were to put together um, a lesson plan for um, just a regular uh, player not a not a tour player and let's say they were willing to commit an hour. Uh, again, what would you recommend? Kind of frame it out. What would you recommend? How much time they should spend? And is there anything specific that they should be spending that hour on?
3: I would say still kind of split it up into thirds: 20 minutes on the range, 20 minutes chipping and putting. I mean, chipping and pitching, and 20 minutes putting. I think a lot of the younger golfers can get stuck on the range too long because it's, mm-hmm. you know it's fun, you get to whack the ball but the game at, at that age is, is only really still half ball striking and half short game. And if you can develop a good short game, that can make moves quickly. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I still, I'll still break it down, even
1: parts. Right. Um, and, and most tour <laughs> players have a, a particular ball flight, so maybe yours is a little bit of a fade. Uh, maybe it's a draw. Um, what happens when you're when you're on the on the warm up? Let's say you're getting ready to go out and play an event, and it's not quite you know fading or drawing like you'd like. Maybe it's uh, you know doing something else. Um, obviously, you're not going to make drastic changes you know during an event. Um, but what adjustments? So if you're fading a little more than you'd like, what adjustments do you make out in the golf course, if any, uh, to sort of cope with what what the swing you have that day?
3: Yes, yeah. uh, if you're finding it that day um, just a little bit more than you usually do, then just aim that two, three, four, five more yards, whatever how a certain amount that makes you feel comfortable that you could still, if you hit it straight, it's still left center down the fairway or into the green. Or if it fades that amount, it's to to pin high or crossing only two, three yards. Um, just, mm-hmm. yeah, just play that shot. It's, it's too hard to try and reverse that into a draw. If, if your draw is normal and then you're hitting a fade that day, you just got to play what you got and just use some feel and um, just get as comfortable with it mentally with your alignment as possible of just aiming less.
1: Right. Yeah, and that's great advice because unfortunately a lot of amateur golfers um do something quite differently. Some will certainly you know heed to what you just said, but others will start tinkering, well maybe there's something wrong with my grip and they'll start, you know, manipulating their grip or um maybe they'll aim way, you know, too far to the left if they're slicing the ball and it gets to the point where they've actually done more damage um rather than just sort of going out and playing with what they've had, they've now actually turned Um, maybe a little extra fade into a great big slice or or conversely a a hook or what have you. So, you know, sometimes just modest adjustments are okay, but don't do anything too radical. And then work on it maybe when you're finishing your round, if you want to go back to the range or something like that or another day and and work on some of those you know fundamentals to get it back to normal. But um, you don't recommend doing anything drastic when you go out and play, right?
3: Yeah, definitely don't do anything drastic. I mean, you can try and pick your one or two little favorite go backs to. Okay, I usually this usually works when I'm doing that, and see if those work. But other than that, no drastic because then you're you're bringing in too many elements, and then you, right. then you could do right and left, and it's, it's always better to have just a one way miss and just right. go to the range after the after the round or and just get some rest, in, just just exaggerate, just pretend there's a tree or something in front of you and just hit some some big hooks or draws and let your hands naturally get that feeling and see if that carries over the next day.
1: Perfect. Well done. Um, Cindy?
2: What do you do for fun?
3: What do I do for fun? Um, I've gotten into a little bit of pickleball, Um, some gardening, um, like to do a little bit of fishing and, uh, Uh, some homebrew, some beer. (laughs) Homebrew? Yeah. (laughs) Where, where do you live now? Uh, in California. So you don't get home very often? No, just here and there.
2: Yeah. Now, do you have status
3: this year on the LPGA tour? I do. Yep. Um I finished um in the 101 to 125 category and then uh went back to Q series to see if I could improve it and then finished in the top 45, the 20 uh 21st to 45 spot. So I have some status, but it's still considered conditional. Um, So I've been just mostly playing Epson, but been hopping back and forth when I get in multi-day events.
2: So that's like a difficult choice, right? Are you better off staying on Epson and trying to be top ten, so you're fully exempt?
3: Yeah, it's yeah, it's a tough decision. I've been kind of weighing all the options. the top 10 on Epson is, is going to be better status than a Q series status. Um, and with how I've played so far in Epson, I've kind of already secured a chance of going straight to Q series, but top 10 is better than Q series. And LPGA would have to make some, some pretty big moves um, to get into that top 10. 80, top hundred. Um but I'm playing well so it's, it's hard. You wanna you wanna play in everything. Uh,
2: yeah, I
3: get it. I get it.
2: Well, birdies will fix everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and when you knock your knife with five feet from one eighty seven you can do that.
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs> what makes it a little bit easier.
2: Yeah, it does, it does. What course did you play in Longwood? Played Alaco Country Club? Got it, got it, got it, got it. And where do you play this coming
3: week? Um, in uh, New Bern, North Carolina. In, it's uh, called Taberna Country Club. It's a new nice. event. Well, there you go. That's good.
2: Yep. That's great. Well, I'm thrilled with your what you do for fun. I've Got to do it.
3: <laughs> yep. Gotta keep busy.
2: You do. You do, you do.
1: Well, it's it's interesting that um, you like to uh, do some home brew i've done that over the years as well do you also do wine being in california obviously that's a big thing in california uh do you like wine as well
3: yeah i like wine but haven't gotten into it yet um that would be that would be something fun to do um, but that'll yeah i think that might be a little bit harder to quite get all those wines that you could just get at this Supermarket that are just from a few hours north. <laughs> they know what they're
1: doing. Right, right. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, they've got some. I've done both over the years. I haven't done it for a long time, but I've I've made both the the homebrew and and obviously the wines. And uh, I, I got to admit they're they're very very good. I'm sure they're even better now since since when I was doing them. But uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's it's a a, a, a fun thing to do uh, from time to time. Um. I just want to ask uh, just a little bit uh, about, uh, you know, about your win that you had at the IOA. So it, it ended in a, in a three-way playoff and, and um, you clinched it in the first hole. What – give us your thought leading up to get you into that position because um, you've, you've been playing on on, uh, on tour for a little while now and this is your first win on Epson. Um And obviously, you've had multiple, I I think, uh, 17 career uh, Epsom Tour top 10 finishes. So you've been knocking at the door uh, for the last uh, few years. What did you do? Was there anything that you did differently in this event? What happened in this event that got you to that position? And obviously, you won the playoff. But what got you to that position, you think?
3: Yeah, I I have had a lot of seconds and thirds. And um, leading up to that, just putting myself in position. Um, My approach shots are really my strength, so if I can have those firing and just make make a couple putts here and there, it really adds up quick, and there's just those weeks that everything clicks. You're hitting the ball where you want to. You're reading the putts well. You're hitting the putts where you want to go. Uh, You get up and down here and there, and – all of a sudden, you're you're at the top of the leaderboard. Um, you just have to play your game and play as confidently and swing as confidently as you can. Um, yeah.
1: Well, I always I'm a firm believer timing is everything. And you know, obviously, to get where you are, we know you're a good player. Um, sometimes wins come a little faster for others. Um, sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. Um, but you obviously, uh, as I said, are, have been knocking at the door for, for a while now and, and finally have, have broken sort of through. Um, are you going to do anything different based on what you now know um, and what you've done through that event? Is there any changes that you're going to make this season to say, okay, I've, I've, I've got, you know, I'm coming off this win, I've got a, a number of events to play this year, uh, or are you just going to stick to the same strategy?
3: I mean, stick to the same strategy, and for the most part, um, it's obviously it worked, and that's that's it. And sometimes you're going to have your week, and um, but still push hard, still grind, and improve uh, as much as I can, and um, just keep just keep pushing.
1: <laughs> Do you consider yourself um, a a conservative player, in the sense that you, um, you know, will certainly take chances when you can. Or are you a more aggressive player? Do you fire at all the pins, that sort of thing? What, how do you classify? What classification would you put yourself in as a player?
3: Yeah, I call it conservative aggressive. I pick if I'm swinging it well that day, I'll, I'll ease my way into firing at more and more pins. Um, but other times. You've you got to try and still play the percentage game. I mean, you can't be aiming at a flag from 170 yards away if it's only three from the edge. So you you take a two-putt from middle to green all the time. But you, but there are plenty of days that you're going to hit that shot to 10 feet, and then, well, that's a quick birdie chance. So I think I just adjust that day, see how how tight I feel like I'm hitting it.
1: Right. Right. Well said. Well, listen, Jenny, um, we want to thank you for joining us this morning, and congratulations again on your win at the Iowa Golf Classic uh, this season, um, and uh, much continued success moving forward, and good luck this week.
3: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Had a great good time luck. with you guys. Thanks.
1: All right. Thanks, Jenny. Have a good one. All right, that was Jenny Coleman, uh, winner at the 2023 Epsons Iowa Golf Classic. And um, we're going to take a quick, quick break, and then we'll be back with our next guest, uh, also from the Epson Tour, uh, Heather Lynn.
0: The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine.
1: Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right. Welcome back. And we're excited to be joined by another great uh, young lady from the Epson tour. Um, Heather Lin, and uh, Heather was born in Taiwan and was a former member of the University of Oregon uh, women's golf team. Uh, Some of her UO stats uh, in her senior year, she was number 16 in the National Golf Stat Individual Rankings and number 90 in the World Amateur Golf Rankings. Uh, She was also number 7 all-time at Oregon with 267 career birdies, just 22 away from uh, slipping into the number 6 spot. Uh, She also tied for number five in UO single uh, season history with 96 uh, uh, birdies uh, in 2021-2022, just four away from uh, reaching the number four spot. And uh, currently, as I mentioned, she is serving her rookie year on the Epson Tour uh, with her best uh, finish uh, so far uh, tied fourth at the uh, early uh, season opener of the Florida Natural Charity Classic. So Cindy, let's welcome uh, to the show, our uh, another special guest, Heather Lynn.
2: Good morning. Hello. Thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me. So, did everything go well in Taiwan when you had to go back?
4: Yes, uh, it, it was good. I went back and um, got my visa, and then now I'm back in the states playing playing tournaments. So everything went smoothly.
2: Perfect tell you how I met this beautiful young woman. Um, I was teaching boot camp in Florida at Orlando, in Orlando at Orange County National. And um, in fact, we discussed this last week with Gabby Ruffles, but mm-hmm. you didn't know who I was talking about. Um, so I, our dear friend Natalie Wasik, who's the little girl that is on our show once in a while, and two other young players, I do a junior boot camp. And Heather was, came up and she started practicing her short game. And I, I said, oh, well, we'll move over here and I'll just use this one um, area of the chipping green. And she said, well, I'll just be over here. And she was very polite and nice. And I knew immediately that she wasn't just some kid that was practicing. So I started talking to her. I said, oh, what do you do? I'll play on the mini tour. So she started telling me her whole story. And the kids that I was teaching didn't, weren't even paying attention, which, again, you know, one strike mark against them. In my opinion, they should be paying attention. So Heather told me her story. She just graduated from college. She just turned pro. She was going to play on the Upton Tour. And that she went to um, Oregon, blah, 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 so all this stuff. And I said, well, you should be on our podcast. So um, the first tournament was that week. And she comes mm-hmm. in fourth. I'm like, oh my god, this girl's a player. And then she she had to go back to Taiwan. She had all these issues with her her visa. Now I'll shut up and she can tell us the story. But anyway, she's a beautiful young girl and she's going to be a great player. So thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. So.
1: So Heather, yeah, go ahead.
2: Go ahead. You go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, just said, to follow up with Cindy. Yeah, I was just going to say to follow up with what Cindy was asking, tell us a little bit about your journey into the game um, up to where you are now. Obviously, you, you played at the University of Oregon on the women's uh, golf team and, as I mentioned, pointed out uh, a, a number of uh, statistics in that. But tell us about your earlier um, uh, memories of playing this game. What, what was the deciding factor to say, this is something I want to do moving forward?
4: Yeah, um, I was born and raised in Taiwan, and um, till I was 18 years old, I came to the University of Oregon to continue pursuing my uh, golf career. Um, I was, I would say um, when I was younger, I always um, had a lot of fun playing golf with friends. I always um, trained with a group of girls, um, and then we travel a lot. Uh, I was very fortunate when I was in my junior years. Every summer, I would go to Australia to do a camp, and then every uh, every winter, which is summer in Australia, we do camps there, get to meet, you know, get to travel a lot, um, experience a lot of different new culture, and then, you know, go with a group of friends, and then every summer, uh, we play a bunch of junior tournaments in the States as well, so I think that was my big factor, I really enjoyed the traveling part, and um, be able to, like, do it with friends, and um, to compete with them, but at the same time, be really close with them, so I think uh, that's one of my main decisions, to continue uh, pursuing this career.
1: So dial it back a little bit. You just graduated fairly recently from the University of Oregon, as Cindy had mentioned, and you were on their golf team. So while you were, and it's obviously a much different experience now on tour because now you're by yourself, um, whereas you Mm -hmm. had teammates on on the golf team. What did you learn about yourself? Yeah. What did you learn about yourself and what did you learn from your teammates while you were at Oregon?
4: Um, I would say golf has always has been a very, like, individual sport, um, because we, we all, we actually just play our own golf ball. We don't, you know, it's not, it's, 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 it's very interesting that in college golf, they make it as, like, a team sport, um, which I'm thinking I've never experienced before. Um, I, I found it really interesting, I found it really fun, um, and you always have someone to lean on, which golf usually, you just, you know, when you don't play well, it's, it's all on you, but, um in college golf, you could always lean on your teammates and then, you know, discuss the strategy and, you know, the support from like university of Oregon, the fans of Oregon dust fans are just, um, pretty amazing. And I think I learned, um, and my, I, by the time of my senior, I really learned how to become like the leader of the team, um, and really how to, you know, guide a team and, you know, kind of not make everyone happy, but, um, like kind of, um, <laughs> satisfies, like everyone's need um, and to like work together as a team, which is which is I think, to be honest quite difficult for golfers to uh, for a golf team to do that because we, we you know you're competing with other schools but at the same time you're competing within the team because not everyone goes to play every single tournament. Uh, but I think at the end of the year we had the team the team chemistry. Everyone was super close. Um, I think that's the biggest thing I got out of some college golf.
1: And what about the coaching there? I mean obviously you, you got to work with the coach there on the team. Um yeah. was there anything specific that stood out about that experience?
4: Um our coach uh was Coach Derek Radley and Monica Vaughn. They uh coach D was a previous her his wife used to be play on tour, Sarah Brown. Um, and then also um, Monica used to play at ASU and she was a very, very good uh, collegiate golfer. She won a national championship. So, and they were both really young. So I th- I would say they always, they they have a lot of background with professional golf already or like com- competitive golf already. So they really they really helped me, guide me into this transition and tell me what to, ex- or um, yeah, they got me built some connection. Like everywhere I go, so, like, say I went to Oregon, they always bring up like, you know, Coach D and Sarah, um, it's it's they really they really give me a really good idea, like an overview of professional golf, and it really helps my transition. And also they made they made golf really fun when we put, always practice together there, because they're all they're both pretty young, so they we always have a lot of fun practicing. It wasn't just boring, and they always have games and, um, you know they and our team was really hardworking, so they didn't really have to, you know, we, we were all pretty disciplined, I would say. So you know they were there kind of just support. And, um, you know, we just have to focus on the golf and the academic part.
1: Well, and it's always good to have somebody like that, that you can, um, obviously go to, uh, whenever you're having challenges, but it, it, you, you want it to be fun. It obviously it's gotta be a fun experience because if it's just a constant grind all the time, um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it would get a little bit monotonous and, and boring and, and, uh, and unfortunately that can happen to people that don't, uh, um, you know, look at it as as a fun activity. It's a, it's obviously a game. It's a sport, and it's uh, a career for you now. Um, but you got to have fun. Mm-hmm. If you're not having fun, then there's not much point being out there every week in week out. Yeah. Um, Cindy, can. go ahead.
2: What's the best part of your game, Heather?
4: Um, you mean like in any in any in any aspect?
2: Like I would say right two now, shots.
4: I would say right now it's my iron game. Uh, my approach shot is probably my biggest strength for right now. That's great. I generally have a lot of greens. Uh, my long irons are really good, which is, I think, a huge advantage in women's golf.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you love most about playing professional golf? kind of new to you. What What's the yeah. best part of it? Uh, I think so far is
4: uh, there's a lot. Um I think I enjoy like planning everything like you know booking the flights um booking Airbnb exploring new places every week we go to a new city uh and meeting new people I think that you, you like, like that too. part Yeah I like I I enjoy meeting new people and listening to other people's story That's neat Yeah What's
2: the worst part
4: uh, I think it's probably to be emotionally like stable week to week. Because um, college golf usually it's not that busy. We don't play week after week. Um, but now it's to, you know, even if you miss the cut next week, you have to play right away. You can't let your emotion affect you too much. Or you have to kind of be stable, stay steady with your emotion. Uh, even if you do well the first week, you know, next week's a brand new week. I think it's it's it's. I think I think mentally it's like pretty challenging especially you're doing so much outside of golf um you know like it's to be to be like emotionally stable week in week out
2: now are you playing in North Carolina this week
4: yeah I am
2: I'm actually in New Bern North Carolina right now awesome awesome are you traveling all by yourself um I was until this week
4: because um my my actually my one of my best friends she she went to University of Oregon too and she so they, she just turned pro after at the end of this college season, which is this week. So this week she's with me. So we're gonna oh, do the remainder awesome. of the season together. Oh, that'll make life better. Yeah, it's so much. I mean, I would say it's, uh, the other worst part that I enjoy is like it's kind of lonely sometimes. Like if you're if you're by yourself, yeah. like you're in the hotel room, it is. you're around by yourself. You know, you don't have anyone to talk to. I found that that challenge. Yeah. challenging. Um, but uh, I think now it's not going to be that, that big of an issue
2: from now on. Yeah, on. that's great. Right. Yeah, and
4: that's we we, we know each other growing up. We we put, we played junior golf all all through our years, and uh, oh,
5: we went down no, we to
4: America to America She's like my sister, so it's like really easy to manage. Just you know, she kn- we, we know each other very very well, so it's it's great. And she's that's a great golfer. Great. I mean, we always we always help. We even help each other out. I think that's. We don't see that. I heard another – I heard a coach talk about this admission in Mission last time. Like, it's, it's rarely you see women's golfer. Work. Like, compared to PGA Tour, like, they, he, like I, it was actually Coach uh, Gary Gilchrist. I was admission in Mission Inn last week. And he was telling me, you rarely see women's golfer – work together like you know you won't see them you won't see them golfing together outside of the tournament days or they'll discuss strategy or like oh you don't see it as often on the range they go ask another player like, how do you hit this shot how do you hit it low how do you hit it like a fade how do you hit all this stuff? but you see it a lot in pj Tour golfers like you know for example justin thomas and jordan Spieth. you know you always see them having fun and you know helping each other out with their game but uh, i think my biggest Thing that from Cynthia, which is my the girl that's going to be traveling with me. We we really do help each other out with our game, and we want to we want to support each other and become the best version of ourselves. So I think that's a huge that's
3: huge for me moving on. I think that's great. That's great. Ted?
1: So Heather, let me ask you uh, a couple things just to go back to the traveling. Do you do you feel mm-hmm. that because you traveled early on in your life that that gives you a little bit. Uh, of an advantage on that aspect? Because one of the things that we've heard from many of the other players we've interviewed over the years is traveling is hard because, you know, some of the girls don't have the same traveling experience that you do. So it's very new to them. Do you think that gave you a little bit of an advantage to have some travel experience under your belt?
2: Yeah,
4: definitely. I think, I think that's, I think uh, it's, it's definitely, I I mean, before even playing golf, our family liked to travel a lot to visit a lot of new countries. So I think that definitely, I think I just try to enjoy the process. Um, yeah, I think I, I can understand the be Sometimes, I, you know, when it's like I have a lot of stuff and, you know, I'm by myself and I'm in the airport, things are dropping everywhere. and everything's a mess. So I got delayed. that That's annoying, obviously, for sure. But, um, yeah, I just try to enjoy every part of it. You know, I, when I go to Newtown, I search what to do outside of golf. Uh, I think that helps too. Um, yeah, and I just try to make it fun.
1: So you mentioned, too, about the mental side of of things, how it can be um, emotionally very challenging at times week in, week out, especially if you're not playing at your best. So what do you do to sort of keep yourself in the right uh, frame of mind? Is there anything specific that you do? Do you work on certain things, breathing, you know, doing other things? Or do you have a a mental coach? Give us an idea of what you do to sort of keep things uh, on the straight and narrow.
4: Yeah, so recently I've started to learn some more about like breathing exercise and meditation, uh, probably the start of this year. So I thought thought it's been pretty helpful for me. I didn't mean, I heard, you know, I see a lot of articles and see a lot of videos about it, but I think um, now I'm slowly like adapting, you know, into my routine, doing it before every night, um, trying to keep myself, you know, in a calm, and I I think it helps me focus better and stay in the present. you know, just take it one thing at a time, you know, just take things as they come. don't have to, you know, expect, you don't have to worry about the future, or about the past, just take things as they come. So I think uh, meditation is definitely huge for me. Um, and talking to some of my friends about my experience and while they give me advice mm-hmm. is, is great too. And I think recently I found it, um, I used to, it, when I struggle in the past, I used to, you know, kind of push through it. I wanted to practice more um to you know get over it but we, i think on tour like recently i've ch- kind of changed my way of dealing with uh struggles is that i i would take two, like a day or two off But i feel like i'm more like towards them you know so i think I, i've already know the game pretty well and my coach agreed i like staff and everything but it's just morely on the mental side like when you're really burnt out uh, i think you, i see a lot of players out here um that are like that that you know they they're really burnt out really tired um instead of like for me right. instead of like push pushing and practicing more, I kind of do like less is more kind of, kind of, kind of way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of take a day off and then, you know, do other things. So obviously obviously yeah, I'll you, reflect on the week, but, um, you know, and then just, and then, and then I move on. I think that helps me to, you know, give me a, re- a fresh mindset going to the following. week.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's some great advice. Uh, and, and just to back that up, you know, Cindy and I have had the pleasure of interviewing a lot of, young ladies like yourself uh, that, you know, playing on the Epson tour. And we had uh, a few years ago, we had a group of them that uh, just coincidentally came sort of um, several weeks in a row that had won their first event. And every one of them sort of had the same, um, you know, talking point that, well, you know, I was really at a point where I wasn't having fun anymore. just wasn't enjoying it. It was a constant grind and just couldn't seem to get that. And then they just said, you know what? They flipped that switch. They said, I'm just going to go out and enjoy myself. I'm not going to get caught up in all of the, um, you know, the grind, you know, week in, week out. And they ended up winning their first event the very next week. It was like five of them, I think, Mm -hmm. in a row. So Mm -hmm. I I think that goes to what you're talking about is sometimes you have to dial it back. That doesn't mean you don't practice anymore. You don't work on things. But you've got to give yourself a break and do something different. Because if you're thinking, breathing, eating golf 24-7, week in, week out, it just gets to a point where, you burn out, right?
5: Mhm,
4: mhm, yeah, for sure. So, I think, I think, yeah. And then to be to be able to, I think this is only my first year. I'm just even when I'm really talking, right. just like just their first year. Like you know, people, it takes years to be to you know build success and all that. You can't just be already burned. Like if you're if you're not having fun, then the rest doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter your technique is good, you know, all that. Your cutting's good, doesn't matter. Like if you're not having fun, then that's like the fundamental, I think, to, to keep going and keep your passion.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. So who's your yeah. biggest fan? Uh, who, who's your biggest fan? Who's your biggest supporter? Uh, I know you have a lot of, uh, you know, family and that I'm sure that get behind you and, and friends and things, but do you have one that, that, uh, or even two that stand out the most and, and what do they do to, to sort of cheer for you in the, in the, you know, on the sideline?
4: Oh, I I think my family, I would say my, Especially when I'm playing in um, in the states, and the times France is completely opposite to Taiwan. But my and my grandparents and my mom and dad would always stay up all night, like don't sleep all night, They follow my life score. I I think sometimes sometimes it me a little, it makes me a little stressful. But uh, I I just wish <laughs> they just go to bed. But um, that's I think that's how they show they support me, you know, and they follow every hole, every fresh, like literally when I play from twelve to six. In, in U.S. time, like at Florida time, that's 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. for them, but they will stay up all night watching. Even my grandparents do that. Um, I think wow. – so I guess that says they're my biggest fan. And also my sister – yeah, I think my sister is one of my biggest fans too. And then I think my family back in um, Oregon I, – I I, I I call them family. My coaches, every tournament they right. text me. My previous teammates, like we still follow each other – they cheer each other up all the time, and they still text me, usual, like I've never left. Um, so I think they, that gives me a huge support there too.
1: Yeah, that's and that's good. When the chips are down, when things are not going the way you want, who's the first person that you reach out to?
4: Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, probably my mom or Cynthia. Or Cynthia Cynthia's the girl I'm traveling with because she knows me mm-hmm. very, very well. Um, you know, I think when I'm down, I I I rather hear people tell me the truth than, um, like right. kind of just say, oh, it's okay. I don't, I I I just I'm just not that kind of person. When I'm down, I like, I think I can handle <laughs> it, and I want to hear what I can do instead of like, you know, be like, ah, oh, it's fine. Like you know, so I I reach out to people that will <laughs> like kind of tell me, yeah. you know, like give me give me a wake up call kind of thing. <laughs> So I would say my mom will always do that. Very honest. Um, uh-huh. and my my really close friend, Cynthia, and my other teammates in Oregon too.
1: That's good. And and that's good to have that support system like that that you can reach out in a in a moment's notice, uh and, and do that. Um and, and that's great to have that and and especially parents and and I think it's very sweet that your your parents and your grandparents not follow you in the wee hours of the yeah. morning to um, know, hopefully they're, like they're
4: not. 80, yeah, they're like eighty something years old, and I'm like, just just go to bed, and they just like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, but then, but and especially when I play in Taiwan, like they will walk. They're like eighty four years old. They'll walk eighteen holes anywhere else if I play in Taiwan.
2: That's because wow. they love you.
4: I know, I know. So super supportive.
1: Well, well hopefully they're not texting you mid round when you have a bad hole or something, well, you know, they, they getting a text. Well,
4: and I'll, I'll, I'll see it after the round, but they'll text me like during a, what happened on that hole? Like kind of stuff like that. And, you know, <laughs> they literally <laughs> will. Like, they'll be the first one to text. Me.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, what a great story. Cindy, go ahead.
2: Oh God. What do you do for fun?
4: Oh, I have a lot. I think, I think that's, I think I'm, i have a lot of passion um outside of golf um uh, i really enjoy cooking uh that's my one of my other biggest passion and i really love following other sports um i'm very big football fan which you would probably be surprised from a person coming from uh, from taiwan um i think oregon influenced me in a lot of ways i'm big football i follow nfl college football go to the games a lot um i follow basketball um follow golf a lot i you know sometimes uh, you know i the, yeah last night I was watching the NCAA men's championship, you know <laughs> finishing um, I'm always watching sports anywhere i go i'm my sister plays tennis, so she's going to, she's going to actually go to Indiana University and play under uh on the team there, so I follow tennis a lot professional tennis, college tennis more uh now, and um I like to work out a lot stretch and um I'm very big animal lover. We had all kinds of pets back home, growing up. Um, yeah, I have a lot. and I I enjoy doing like new things too. Like last year, I went skydiving with my friends. Things like that. I wanted to ex, ex, like you know zip zip line. That kind of like like kind of adrenaline sports. I would say, uh, you know, go biking a lot. Go, you know, farmers market. I mean, because like, I like to cook a lot, so I you know go grocery shopping a lot. And when I was in Taiwan, I could play music too. Um, I do a lot of things outside of school. My mom always said, "Just can you just have a day to just chill?" And I just always say, "I can't." <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm. A, I always have. I'm always up to something. I, I guess uh, when I was in school, I kind of I enjoyed doing the academic part to keep myself busy. Um, yeah, a lot of passion and a lot of things.
5: Cool.
1: that's fantastic yeah, yeah you you've got to have a lot of you know what and I think that's great I think it's great that you're passionate about a lot of things obviously golf is is in the forefront right now you you're you know this is your career that you've chosen and and uh you know we'll see where where it takes you, but it's good that you have so many other passions uh in life because I think that you know um it, it's great to have a career that you enjoy doing but you have to have other things as well to fall back on because you can't think sure. about it 24 seven, as you, you mentioned, right. You've got to be able to, to, you know, just go to a, a football game or go to a tennis match or watch some, you know, sports or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, just something to distract yourself from, from the daily, you know, grind out in the golf course. But, um, Cindy, I, I'm glad that you uh, met Heather, uh, down at one of your boot camps there and, uh, and brought her on the show. I think, uh, She's going to have a, a phenomenal you. career. She's, yeah, she's got a great start. Um, but, but Heather, we know you you got to go and um, and get ready for this week's event. Good luck. I think you're going to have a win very, very soon. Um, maybe you. even a couple of wins. So good luck, and I hope you come back and join us again.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Good Our, luck. Yeah.
2: Have bye
1: yeah. bye. All right. Bye. All right. Thanks, Heather. Bye bye. Uh, what a great, uh, great young lady! I'm glad uh, you made the connection, okay. and we'll have to keep an yeah we'll have to keep an eye on her. Just a, a lot of energy and just a, um, just a, a lot of fun. We're, we're going to have her back. We'll have to have her back for sure. But uh, on that note, uh, we're going to wrap things up. Special thanks again to uh, Jenny Coleman and uh, Heather Lynn for joining us this morning, we're both from the Epson Tour. Uh, much continued success, ladies, moving forward. And we want to thank you for tuning in each and every week. And uh, we will see you next week here on the Women of Golf. God bless and have a great week, everybody. Thanks, Cindy.
2: Thanks, Ted.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.